pray with me, please. God of life, God of hope, God of everlasting love, we thank you for this beautiful day, and we thank you that we get to commemorate those who have passed into your kingdom, who are close to our hearts. And we thank you for all the love that makes this possible. Bring us deeply into your love today. Help us to trust in it as much as we need to, to be put at peace, and to know that our loved ones can rest in your peace. And so may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemers, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. Welcome to All Saints Sunday. It's a time when we get to honor the love that we have in our hearts for those who live in the joy of God's eternal life. When a loved one dies, we enter into a new relationship with God and with them. We have to trust more in God for them and for us. We have to because we begin to recognize more clearly that the story of our lives is not really just our story. Amen? The, the story of our lives is just a thread in a greater fabric of God's story woven into it in ways that change the whole meaning of what it is to have a story. Now, I know that I sometimes go on and on about this thing called God's story, and I do it for a lot of reasons, but one important reason is that in today's world, it is so easy to lose track of who we are in the middle of so many different stories. It isn't just that we have an infinite choice of stories on the internet, on television, in movies, and in any number of other places where stories are told these days. And it isn't just that these stories tend to drive us into smaller and smaller corners of what life has to offer us, like someone painting themselves into the corner of a room. The real problem, I think, at times, is that we are beginning to lose the sense of responsibility for choosing our story and claiming its values in ways that make our lives as valuable as God has meant our lives to be. Now, this can sound like so much noise until we wake up and see people whose lives have been lost in destructive stories. The gunman who killed 11 innocent people in a Pittsburgh synagogue acted in part because he had lost track of reality in online chat rooms, unable to see what the real value of life was anymore. Like-minded people reinforced and exploited his delusions, stories based on fiction disguised as fact. They confused him until he lost the hope of life having any meaning except as a murderer of innocent people. What stories we listen to and make the guide for our choices in our own stories matters deeply. Fortunately, very few people lose track of their lives to the point where they murder people. But we don't have to go that far to seriously lose track of 
who we are in God's story. I worry about parents these days who feel so much pressure to protect and nurture their children towards the story of what they consider a successful life. A story that often holds them and their children captive to very empty values and emotions. And then there are those young parents in our city and elsewhere who have almost no idea what the story of life is all about. They're lost in the now and having very little sense of what their children might need to grow into healthy adults. You don't have to be a gunman to be lost in your own story. This week, we come to the end of the Bible story of our friend Job, a good person who had everything bad happen to him. Job thought that his story was perfect. His wealth, his family, his health, his future, all of the checkboxes were marked off. Job was, you might say, that kind of person whose outsides might make us jealous in our insides, right? And then all at once, everything in Job's story fell apart. And his friends pitied him and offered excuses for how, somehow, Job had done something wrong to offend God. In other words, Job's friends were more interested in defending what their own stories about who God was than helping Job. They didn't want to question their own stories. To question our own stories can be a very hard thing to do. You may have noticed a quote come up sometimes in our gathering thoughts from a poet named Kenneth Patchen. Patchen was the son of a steel worker in Youngstown, Ohio, a town not so different from Meriden in years past. And he was a good writer. And so, in the middle of the Great Depression, he was very fortunate to get a scholarship to a college in Minnesota where he learned how to write beautiful poetry. He was a strong and handsome guy. His writing career was taking off. He married a beautiful woman. And then, the story of his life changed. While playing touch football with some friends, he hurt his back badly and spent most of the rest of his life in bed. A friend bought Patchen a water paint set to cheer him up, and Patchen began to paint things. He painted the covers of his books to make some money that he needed very badly. And then he did something unique. He made paintings that were actually poems. One of his picture poems reminds me of how God can shape the story of our lives. It says, The one who comes to question himself has cared for mankind. Kenneth Patchen found humility the hard way, but he found it. Patchen had to question his own life story more deeply and appreciate God's story more deeply and the profound emptiness of so many stories that the world tries to sell us. Like Job, Patchen had lost so much, and like Job, he had to surrender to what God could do with his own story and embrace God's story more humbly. His back never 
completely healed, but he created miracles of love from his pen and paintbrush. In Job's story this week, Job reflected humbly on the greatness of God's story and repented at his foolish pride, wanting to justify his story before God. We try to make Hollywood endings to our own stories, but we forget that God, the creator of all things, the redeemer of all creation, the transformer of all people and things, through the power of God's love, this God of ours invented the Hollywood ending of all stories. Amen? There is no story of human life that is better than the story of God. God's story is the story of redemption from its very beginning in Genesis all the way to the very end. Everyone in God's story has the chance to be written into the final and they lived happily ever after ending of God's story of redemption. Everywhere. The only question is, are we willing to question our own story? Accept that we need to be a part of God's redeeming story and claim our role in it. For his part, Job said, yes, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry that the story of my life has no value apart from your story. I give you what I have to you for your story. Do with me what you will. God accepted Job's repentance and gave Job a small but important task to set him on the right path in the story of God's redemption. God asked Job to pray for his friends who had worked so hard to deny Job's love for God and to deceive Job into thinking that God didn't want Job to be in God's story. God wanted Job to question himself humbly and to care for humankind, others humbly, to become more like the person who God had wanted Job to be in God's story all along. Job was a good man. He was a caring man. And now, Job would be a man who would never again need the world story to feel true joy in his life. Job was free, free to love as God loves, to give as God gives. And so we shouldn't be surprised that there was a joyful ending to Job's story. His joy in living God's story led him to wholeness again. He had even more children, even more wealth, and lived a long, long life. It's a Hollywood ending to God's story for Job. But of course, it wasn't Hollywood that wrote the ending. It was God. Because God's love will always win. With God's love as the heart of Job's story, with Job knowing how wonderful and powerful God's love really was, even for a humble person like himself, or us. There couldn't possibly be any other ending to Job's story. In our own lives, we might be waiting for that Hollywood ending to be our story. We might be fighting for it day by day or cursing God or other people because we don't have any hope for that Hollywood ending that we want. 
We might reflect on our loved ones on this All Saints Sunday and wonder if their stories had missed that Hollywood ending. For those of us struggling, God asks us to stop fighting for our endings and to seek out God's story of love and redemption that's alive right now, waiting for us to stop deceiving ourselves with our own version of what life is meant to be. God hopes that we don't have to wait for what Job suffered to accept God's story. But God will be there for us and with us if our life takes a hard turn to invite us into the story of God's love. Like Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus, ready to raise him from the dead, God weeps for us and with us, ready to bring us back to life and to remember that God's story of love will always win. This story has an ending that's been written from the beginning of creation, and we live it because God's love always wins. We're offered eternal life because God's love always offers us victory. God will never settle for any other ending to God's story. And we always have a choice to choose it, to be thankful for it, and to love others in it. As we allow ourselves to be woven into God's story, and to start living his answers to our prayers written in love. May we be the ones who come to question ourselves in the light of God's love and to care for humankind joyfully as God has always done in perfect love. Amen. It is time now for the prayers of the people, time when we lift up our joys and concerns. I'm a little short-handed today, so i got to walk down to get it. Probably should have had some problems. <laughs> we pray in celebration for Haley Perot, who is celebrating her confirmation, and uh, Sally Dow, she's Sally Dow's granddaughter, and so Sally's family and extended family are there celebrating that with Haley. Uh, we ask for prayers for Deb Duman, uh, the wife of a good friend of mine who is going in for a procedure on Monday. Uh, we pray deep in earnest prayers of thanks and healing for Emily Belanger. Uh, as some of you know, Emily fell ill last Saturday during the uh, apple pie making. Uh, she was admitted to Central Connecticut Hospital, underwent surgery for a brain tumor. She is recovering nicely, and we have good hopes and prospects for a strong recovery. But continue to hold her in prayer and be aware that she will need our special prayers for healing and hope in the months and ahead. We also pray for people from our community. We have Christmas in the village coming up, and it looks like we hit this just out on the head.
This is a prayer from somebody from our community to all of us. May God be with you forever. We're blessed. We are blessed to have people to pray with you for. Please join me now. Gracious, loving God, creator, redeemer, transformer of heaven and earth, we thank you for new life, for confirmation. We thank you for healing through the miracles of surgery and good care. We thank you for the love that is the true healing of heaven and earth. Lord, in, in a country that is so caught up in wounds and wounding, let us remember the strength that comes from your peace in our hearts. Help us not to be deceived by hatred and violence. Help us to know that the peace that passes all understanding in our hearts is stronger than anything. It links us to your story of victory in Jesus. We know that your love will always win. Encourage us to live in that love, to spread that love, and to be part of that love in Christ. And we know that we can do this together with you and him. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We do have a loving God. I'm so grateful for that God that lifts us up. And so at this time, we present our gifts of tithes and offerings that God's love may flow through this church into God's world.
And may the people deeply blessed by God say, Amen! Amen.